We still do seven NUFC Matters show a week for free. But if you want to help support NUFC Matters, then there are a few ways of doing it. Hit the like button on each live broadcast and video. This helps the channel grow. Hit the subscribe button and select the all notifications bell so you don't miss a single show. If you want to help us financially, then you can join the channel using this button with the membership starting at $1.99 a month. Or you can drop us a donation in the chat using a super sticker. We're also looking for sponsors. If you'd like your brand advertised on the flies for the show and featured during the ad break, then email john at nufcmatters.com to arrange today. Good morning, welcome to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Wraith. It's welcome to uh, Talking Turfs, Melly Barnes. How are you, mate? I am very well, mate. Hope you are too, and everybody listening is as well. Yeah, all good to see you, mate. And uh, yeah, bad week, I guess, for both Newcastle and Manchester United this week with their respective exits from the Champions League. Let's talk Manchester United first. Um, did you see that coming at the start of this campaign, a, a, an early exit, not just from the Champions League, but from Europe as a whole? No, no, not 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 when the group came out. I thought, well, it'll be us and Bayern nailed on. But um, Copenhagen deservedly have got their place in the in the last sixteen, mate. They're um, they, they, they just perform, you know. They they play football and right rightfully they're they're through. Um, I'm pleased there wasn't Galatasaray for the rest of the clubs in there because I just didn't like Galatasaray to be honest with you and everything that they stand for and um. So I am pleased little Copenhagen's getting through. It's probably done us a favour going out, mate, as it has used, um, realistically, because I didn't think Nebo were, uh, well, we probably are good enough for our best 11, but it's getting the best 11 in there to, to compete and, and play, you know. But it's been a blessing in disguise for Manchester United to have gone out. They're, uh, they're, really, they're really underperforming this year. If I can just try and keep it like nice and polite, really, to be honest with you. Because there's a lot more I want to say about them, but um, I it's it's an absolute blessing in disguise, Steve. To be honest, mate. Mm, I mean, you've got to get things right on the pitch, but you've also got to get things right off the pitch. There still seems to be murmurings of discontent. You know, we 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 can't pick up a newspaper or or go online now without seeing something negative about Manchester United, and um, you know, Ten Hag increasingly under pressure. Especially with this weekend's game against one of your biggest rivals. Aye, and it's, to be honest with you, mate, if you've seen my injury list for this weekend, it's um, there's about twelve or thirteen top players out and not going down. I'm personally not going down this weekend, not for any other reason apart from I only got one ticket and I like the gun with me, mate. You know, it's not the same. So um, I don't fancy going down there on my own. And to be honest with you, mate, I've 
not lost a bit of heart because you know we'll follow the boys win lose or draw but um like i put a tweet out i don't know if you've seen it like the other night 15 hour days for us and i've done that three times in a week we're leaving it like one o'clock in the afternoon and we're not getting home till five o'clock in the morning then i'm up at work it's seven o'clock and it's costing 200 quid a game um on top of what you're doing to your body and these lots kind of put a 90 minute because you see how hard it is al yeah everybody tries their best for 38 games to get into that top four to get into the champions league and these lot had 90 minutes to win a game didn't matter in the end because we wouldn't have went through but as far as they were aware they had 90 minutes of football to give everything to stay in the champions league what they've worked so hard for last year to get into and uh they had one shot on target one shot and it's just totally unacceptable okay let's look at newcastle um obviously the group of death we were in and uh, not many people expected newcastle to progress it turns out they were right, uh, but we had some magical moments back in the Champions League for the first time in over 20 years. Uh, you know, we started off with a nil-nil uh, away to AC Milan, which, to be fair, we were lucky to come away with a point. Um, but then our PSG game, which is the highlight of the, the you know, the, the, this, you know, this visit to the Champions League for Newcastle was 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 a huge success, a four-one win against Mbappe and and everything else that comes with PSG. Uh, Dortmund, I think we learned a lesson. Um, a valuable lesson about European football and Champions League football at the top level from a team that qualifies year in, year out and, and certainly will you know, be a threat to everyone in the last 16, Borussia Dortmund, uh, beating us home and away, which is, I think was the key turning point. PSG away, of course, for Newcastle was you know, shrouded in controversy with the penalty that was given. Um, had that not been given, things might have been slightly different. But then the home game against DSC Milan, um, which, you know, I, I felt Newcastle could have won and should have won, um, you know, but, you know, we didn't. And we find ourselves bottom of the group and out. Me personally, and I know it hasn't gone down well with some Newcastle fans, I'm delighted that we're not in Europa. And, and the reason being that, for me, isn't isn't anything to do with Newcastle and the injury list, etc. It's I'm, I've never been a fan of teams dropping out of a competition and being given a reward of being put into another competition because that's all about money it's all about tv it's all about the things that i you know think of have, have probably disturbed football probably made football worse um if you're knocked out the champions league that should be it you should move on you've got to qualify again next year going into the europa i think is it's almost an insult to those teams that have qualified for the europa off their own endeavors and then suddenly, you know, you're, you're hit with, a, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, big teams coming in and gate crashing your party. I've never agreed with it. Um, so the other side of it, of course, is Newcastle and Manchester United have got one thing in common at the moment, other than both being called United. And that is the injury list. And our injury list, although we've got a few players coming back, we are still struggling massively with, with squad depth. So to suddenly then have to go and play on a Thursday night, for me, on top of trying to maintain you know, a, a push for Europe in, in in the league. And then, you know, a big derby against Sunderland coming up, of course, in, you know, in, in the new year. I just genuinely think that the, a, a drop into the Europa would have been a disaster for our season. I think we can regroup. I think we've got a big week coming up. We've got Fulham, of course. Uh, and then we play Chelsea away in the Carabao Cup, a game I would desperately love to win and get to another semi-final. Um, 
and then obviously we can, you know, hopefully make some kind of movement in the January window as well as see some players come back and make a real push for a decent league finish again this season and, and hopefully a Carabao Cup semi-final, which could take us back to Wembley. So for me, it's not a disaster. It's For me, it's something which we've learned from, it's something we've enjoyed, and it's something that we can use moving forward when we qualify for Europe again and say, right, OK, what did we learn last time? What did we do right? What did we do wrong? Um, you know, how can we improve? I'm not downhearted at all, mate. And I came out to St James's Park after clapping the team off, and you know, I, I shrugged my shoulders and went, "C'est la vie. That's it. You know, we we move on now, and um, you know, we will move on. The clubs, the club now has to to concentrate on what is what is important, and that is, you know, trying to win a trophy for me. Get a get a trophy in the bag, then you can say you're you you you're the achievers. You're not the you're not the wannabes. You're not the entertainers. You 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 know you become the achievers, and you can build on that. That that's my view on Newcastle's exit. I think you're right, mate. On the whole, you know, like it would have been an absolute nightmare dropping into that Europa League. Um, to be honest with you, you're probably right as well by saying that it's unfair on the teams that are already in there. You know, because you could end up with a Barcelona or a Real Madrid, or have had a poor Champions League. And then, like they've all automatically become the favourites, and prior to that, you were, you know, you you might have been nailed on favourites to win it, and then they drop in. So, ah, it probably is wrong. You, you're getting rewarded for being poor in a competition that you qualified for. It's, it's probably the equivalent of uh, getting knocked out the FA Cup and landing the Carabao Cup, let's say. Um, yeah. um, but it's it's definitely a blessing, and it's definitely a learning curve. Because if you're honest with yourselves. Is are probably three or four years ahead of where, you know, where, where you expect it to be. So, like, luckily for you, because it is lucky for you that you've got the Champions League this year and you've experienced it, and then players there will be, like, they will want the Champions League next year again because of that. So you've got a squad there of players who knows what it tastes like and how to play in the Champions League. So they've got that experience was totally you know like it's it's it'll prove really valuable for you next season if you land in it again um but i think the lesson that you've learned is that like, like you've got to have a big squad manchester united have got quite a big squad and they're still they're still really really um they suffered because you know if you've got if you've got four or five and then you get like um a red card or whatever the the five and reserve aren't quite good enough, so you you've got to you've got to recruit properly, which is which is what you're doing. Um, it'll be interesting. It's a it's it's a shame for me that for you that the Carabao Cup is coming before the January transfer window, because I think you've been. I don't. Uh, did you make a substitution last night? I was out last night. Yeah, um, we, made, so I was we, we we I think they made I think they made five, possibly six. Newcastle made three. Aye. So I think that's probably like the first three substitutions you've made in four games. You know, mm -hmm. like them players, them starting 11, you know, the, as, as much as I say they should be playing seven days a week for the money that they're getting realistically at the top level when you're playing in the Champions League and the Premier League and you're travelling away and you're travelling home. It is going to, it is, the fatigue is going to set in to them starting 11. Um, but that's all you have got at the minute. That's all you have got. And I just think... We're Fulham coming up. Is it away? Fulham at home. Fulham at home. Chelsea away. 
Um, I don't know. I just I think it's going to come too soon for you because Chelsea are totally unpredictable. They're scoring goals, and at the minute, Newcastle are conceding goals, so they will score. Chelsea will score. It's just whether or not you've got enough there to outscore them, um, because. Isaac for me is is more of a winger, and that's what you're missing as a as a Alan Shearer or Andy Cole or something like that. You know, and I don't know, mate. I just think it's going to be a step too far for you. I've got to be honest. I thought, I mean, you know, watching that game uh, on Wednesday night, I, you know, I felt that our our fortunes changed when um, they took Gordon off. Gordon's been our best player. This season, I think there's no doubt about it. One of, one of our very best. Um, and they took Trippier off. Now, Trippier won't play um, on Saturday against Fulham because he's hit the uh, the yellow card tariff. So he, he serves a one-match suspension. Um, so they took they took him off. They brought Dan Byrne on, who's fit. And they put Libramento into right back. Of course, that's his natural position. But I felt when you had Byrne and Isaac on the left-hand side, I felt it it probably it probably lacked something. I think we it made us weaker. Um, Callum Wilson, it, for me again, still doesn't look a hundred percent fit. Um, you know, he he played more or less the full ninety minutes against against Milan. So for, so for me, I've got to be honest. I think I think Isaac's better through the middle rather than up. Uh, you know, on on the left-hand side. I think our strong. I think our strongest formation is with Gordon on the left. With Isaac up front, um, and and you know I, I I I prefer to see Wilson come on as a substitute in those last twenty minutes, and you know maybe he's come up with a goal, which is what which is what served as well at the start of the season. But it's interesting. It's 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 an interesting debate. But yeah, I I couldn't see I couldn't see Isaac regularly holding down the left hand side. I I generally couldn't. I just I just don't think that he's. I think he's wasted there. I think he's wasted there. I think he, I think he's, he, you know, he, 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 when he's, when he made that wonderful run against Everton, um, you know, in that first season and, you know, cut down the byline, crossed it in and Murphy scored. I think it was, you know, it was, it was great. It was wonderful to watch, but I just don't think he's got that kind of Eddie Howe work rate up and down, up and down where Anthony Gordon has. And it, it, he's been, he's certainly been our best player this season for me. I, I, I just think, Almiron is is very hitty missy mate. He's um he's you know like he is he's alright, but he's probably a squad player at best. Gordon is a winger. I'd have Isaac on the wing, and I would definitely recruit two good goal scorers. Um, and then I would I would have another couple of defenders in, and I think he'll do all right. In because the backups will be there as well, you know, the experienced backups as well. Um, so I I mean look, you know a lot more about Newcastle than I do, but from an outsider's point of view. Um, you need goals and you need people who can set the goals up, you know. That's a massive problem at Manchester United. We've got nobody who can put it in for Hoyland. If if, if Hoyland's playing at Man City, he's on 15, 20 goals already this season. And so as, as much as a good striker, you need people who can give him service, you know. Uh, I think Gordon could do that. And I think Isaac, if he's given a run on the on the wing, he could do that because he's, he's quick. He's confident and he wants to beat players. And that's the problem nowadays with wingers. They didn't want to beat players. They want to, they want to like run down the wing, stop, come back, play it back, make the run and hopefully get put in behind. You want somebody who's willing to run with the ball, run at defenders. Because as a defender, you hate that. You hate, you know, you're going to a team and you know that the winger is an attacking 
uh, winger. You know, like you know, you're in for a game. Defenders hate it; they don't like it. So you need somebody who's want, willing to do that. And I think with Isaac and Gordon, they are they are both willing to get at them and put them on the back foot. And then it's all about the service after that. But you need people in the middle who can put the ball away when it comes in, you know. So, it, it, like you say, it's a learning curve. But Eddie Howe's doing it right, mate. He seems to be doing it right. Everybody expected to go out and break FFP and the rest, the rest of it. But you haven't. You've got you, you you've got your team united. Um, I don't know. That's got something to do with that Dan Ashworth or something because he reckon he's an absolute genius at that. I mean, you just got to look at Brighton to to realise how good he is as unity. Um, so I, I mean, your foundations is built, and you know they're really strong. And if you can build on it, he's are in for a successful um, campaign in, in in the next few years. I just think, given how I cook it, given given push for something that's because ultimately, you know, like if you keep like doing what you're doing and cooking the eleven good players that you've got, and you got into Chelsea, and you know, like. Aye, it's already getting to the semi-final and it'll be great for the club and stuff. But you you were the final last year, you got in the Champions League this year. That's that could be classed as a trophy. Although like a lot of people will disagree. For Newcastle to get in the Champions League was a massive achievement. You've had Milan, PSG, Dortmund, Arlington, James's Park. Nobody could have predicted that man three or four years ago. Nobody in the world would have predicted that. But you have had it, you have done it, you have got the experience. Just, you know, like Whatever happens against Chelsea happens, but it still classes a success. If you win or lose, you know, like if you win, you're in the semi-finals. If you lose, you've get into the quarter-finals of another cup. You've got the FA Cup to come. Um, you've got you've got the January transfer window. It's you know, it's looking good. It's looking hopeful for you. So just I just steady away in it. You know, like if you speak to um, Newcastle fans who are like forty and older. They're they're all of the same kind of opinion, you know. They're just they're happy to be where they are, um, and they know that a trophy's going to come eventually now because they've got the right ownership, they've got unity within the club, and eventually you, you'll not be able to stop that. I mean, look at Manchester City. I mean, I now fair, you know, they they have allegedly broken a lot of rules to get where they are, but still they're attracting good names because they've got like. I was there the other week and I went somewhere with my wife and um, we passed the city ground, you know, and they had like a bridge hour to the um, training ground and they've just got everything sorted. And I think that's probably the next step at Newcastle United, mate. It's um, they potentially will move St. James's with it being uh, with St. James's being council owned. And then they'll just build a massive complex around it. They'll just take over. They'll have the stadium, they'll have the training ground, they'll have like everything within it five mile radius and it'll be absolutely it'll be amazing and you know like i'm a northeast lad mate and i support Manchester United. i'm northeast lad so it'll be nice to see it'll be nice to see when i'm driving in newcastle and you see that and you know like people around the around the uh britain will be envy of that because it's that's one thing you can do with this all this money that you've got is build a super stadium and have a super training ground you know like so that you know the potential's there you are potentially a sleeping giant, but just steady away. Just enjoy the ride. Yeah, I mean, I think Newcastle's awake. Certainly, uh, the sleeping giant thing, I think, was certainly, you know, true when you know the takeover um, was on the horizon. But I think we're awake now. We just need to, uh, we need to learn how to walk before we run. That's the key. And I think you know a lot of us had said Champions League 
you know, it's going to be tough and, you know, maybe we've we've gone there a couple of seasons too much. Well, that's proved to be the point. But yeah, I think Newcastle is very much a, an awake, uh, a club awake. And now they've just, they've just got to take that time. They've got to walk before they can, before they can run. The goalkeeping position is interesting because we've spoken about it on here before. Um, Nick Pope now out for four months. Dubravka's come in, conceded uh, nine goals in three games. Um, you know, three at Everton, four at Spurs, two against AC Milan. Um, bit of ring rustiness, of course, but it, it, it's going to be the same for, for him or Carrius, no matter who's between the sticks when you haven't played for so long. Um, but, you know, you could also point to the fact that the injury, the injuries um, have, have meant that Newcastle aren't paying the, the, the team that they would have, you know, they would have had out with Nick Pope. So, it can be unfair to judge a goalkeeper, but from my perspective, the De Gea story won't go away. Um, another cryptic message on his social media this week about work, work, work um, would suggest that he's, you know, either keeping himself fit for a potential move or he's maybe got a, a job on the horizon and he's going to step in. And lots of talk in the media, although no direct quotes um, attributed to him. Um, that he is keen on a, a temporary move to Newcastle, which I guess would would fill a particular problem and fill a particular gap that Newcastle have with Nick Pope being out, um, and also you know give him an opportunity to put himself back in the shop window at the top level to show people that he can you know he can still perform at the top level. So by the sounds of it, the project would appeal to him. Do you think Newcastle would would make the move, and do you think the the move would be good for both him and for the club? I think you'd be stupid too, mate. I mean, like everybody's screaming out for him now because of what an honor is producing. But um, they've got small memories, you know. That he, he, he was, um, he was, he, he was, he was to blame for quite a few of. Um, we obviously United's goals, but you know, I mean, so was a goalkeeper. Now he's sent him. You know, you're not. You shouldn't get doing heartened because. You are the last form of defence. They've got to get past 11 players before they get anywhere near you. And your, your chances of saving a shot are probably 1 in 10 because the goalposts are so big and you're only so big. So a striker who is paid foul, like I me, mean, not with my son, but in the Premier League and Champions League, a striker who is paid hundreds of thousands a week to find the back of the net should be finding the back of that net if he's given that chance. So, you know, as a goalkeeper, I think they do get a lot of the blame. But ultimately, it's the, you know, like it, it, it should it should lie on the players in front as well because they've managed to get there. So, um, to here would probably be a bad move for me. If I was used, I would probably go for Aaron Ramsdale. He's um he's out of favour at Arsenal. He's a decent keeper. He's a good lad. Uh, and he would buy into, um, into your project. He's... Um, He's just—he's just a good kid, you know. He's like he interacts with fans. He does quite a lot for charity at such a young age, and um, he's a good keeper. But damn it, to hear you know, like he'll want three hundred grand a week off you. That's why he's—that's why he's sitting without a contract at United. We did offer him um, a new contract, which he was unwilling to take. Um, you know, he's thirty-two or thirty-three now, and he makes a lot of mistakes. Do you need that on top of? He's a good shot stop. I didn't get his rang, but he's um, I, you know, look. Ultimately, if you go back to Dubravka before he um got dropped from Newcastle the first time round, you know, like he he wasn't somebody that let goals in all the time. If I remember rightly, you know, like he was quite consistent. And I think he only lost his 
space in the squad because of Nick Pope coming in originally, didn't he? But he hadn't really done much wrong. So, you know, look, he's coming in at a time where you are lagged and your fatigue isn't very good. And, you know, he's probably coming in at the worst time possible. It's not like he's on a good run and he's stopping like goals because he's aren't in the news weren't. Nick Pope got injured and you had three hard games off the trot and he's conceded. But, you know, I think if you stick with him, he'll do all right, mate. He's not a, he's not a bad keeper. Get to January and if you're really, if you're still making lots, you know, like conceding lots of goals and stuff, then ultimately you, you are going to go and look for a new keeper. But I think you need to stay away from De Gea. Like, I think he's um, he's probably going to go now at the Saudi leagues. That's probably where he's going to be best off going, to be honest. The last pay day before he eventually retires. Look, he, you know, he's done us well for a lot of years. Um, and I didn't wish him any kind of um, bad feeling. But from Newcastle's point of view, I think that's a step backwards. Like. You wouldn't have him back at Manchester United then? No. No, I think you've got to stick. If you remember to hear when he first came to United, he was getting a lot more grief than what an honour is. He couldn't hold a ball. Everybody was surrounding him on a corner because they knew that he wouldn't get it or he would drop it if he did come to them. And that was the that was the thing back then when he first when he first joined United and Fergie persisted and persisted with him. And in the end it paid off, you know. Absolutely cracking shot stopper. Um but he makes mistakes as a goalkeeper, you know, and he, he, his distribution is really poor. He doesn't, um, he cannot find anybody, you know, like if everybody's wanting to play out from the back now, and which is why we bought an honour, because you can say what you want, but an honour is very confident on the ball and he can find, you know, like he nearly had an assist last week with Ganacho. You know, like he put the ball through, Ganacho runs through and he should score. And that's, a, that's an assist for a keeper. It's not often you'll ever, ever say that. So I think we need to we need to stick with him, but he needs to learn the basics. Anana needs to learn the basics. He's um he, he, he's getting to where he has through flair, you know, like diving through the air. And the guy was in the Champions League final last year, man. You know, like he's not that bad. He's come to probably one of the hardest leagues in the world, and the, with a microscope on the team, so everything is like. I mean, look at Harry Maguire, mate. You know, how many times have we been on here in the last few months and everybody was wanting him out? He's poor, he's this, he's that. He shouldn't be called up for England. Yet, he comes back in, a proper professional, and he's undroppable, and he wins player of the month. Like, it's just, it just can't assure you. You've got to stick by them when they're, you know, when they're bad times and then be by them when they're good times as well. It's it's no good keep, it's no good keep calling them out every time they make a mistake. Otherwise, you know, like, Where's that gonna get everybody? Even in day to day life, do you know what I mean? Like you've got to you've got to think of the positives. And I think um an honor will come good. David here is not for Newcastle. Um I think you should just stick with Martin. I think he'll do his alright. But I do also on that note think he's got a very hard month coming up till you get out of December and into January. He's literally clinging onto the cliff here. And I said this, I tipped this a couple of weeks ago with you, Steve, on a private phone call. I said, I fear for Newcastle now. And I was watching you um, on Sunday against Spurs and me little laddie come in and he goes, uh, oh, the team's going to win 2-0. I says, they're not. I says, they'll end up getting three out or four out here. You could just see it, Steve. You could see. You could actually physically see, watching the first five, ten minutes, that like if Tottenham get a goal here, he's looked vulnerable. And then that was it. It was bam, 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 and it was game hour, you know. And that's 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 the worry at the minute for you is, is because 
he's are um he's a literally worn out he's a literally worn out mate and i said you know at the beginning of the season he's are gonna find it really tough because um unexpectedly he did really well last season he got in the champions league as well as the premier league being so hard you've now got another league which is equally as hard on top of flights there flights back midweek games you know if you're playing away on a tuesday and then you come back on a on a wednesday morning and then the players are back in wednesday afternoon for training thursday you've got a game on the saturday it just it's slowly but surely it either knacks them or mm. they end up injured it's and then you know what happens when you're fatigued mate you end up like frustration so yellow cards start coming into play red cards and it's just it's it's trying to manage all that it's trying to manage it all while like trying to still be successful so for me if i was like you uh, newcastle fans i'll I'll be thinking right look you know forget about all the cups this year we want to get into europe next year we want to get into you let's get to the summer let's be there or thereabouts and you know like let's get into europe next year and even if even if it's the euro league that you end up in you've done the champions league this year you're going into the euro the europa league against different teams you're experiencing that and you could do quite well thursdays sundays might work all right for you choose the wednesdays saturdays fridays and then wednesday again in the you know like it's just it's it's, it's proved too much it's proved too much and um i'm thankful Although, like, you might be thinking, I'm just saying it because you beat one, but I'm quite thankful that we haven't got the Carabao Cup now. Um, the FA Cup, we're going to play one game a week now, us lot. And that works absolutely brilliantly for me, mate. Absolutely, you know, like, it's perfect. Because we're squad, we haven't got the squad there. Then, you know, and the players that are playing, oh, they're, not even, they're not even turning up. So one one game a week, three or four training sessions, and I think we, we'll, we'll end up doing all right. And I think we'll get into Europe, whether it's Europe or Champions League. But I think we'll do okay. And I think we'll have an FA Cup run as well because we haven't got the pressure of European football anymore or the uh, Carabao Cup. It's it's the midweeks, you know what I mean, Steve? They're, they're a nightmare if you're playing away, mate. They're an absolute nightmare. They just totally interfere with your, um, with your schedule, you know. It's, but from your perspective, you just, want to, you just want to win a trophy and that's your, and if you're looking at it you're thinking that's probably your best chance is the Carabao Cup now with City out United out um, you're, you're one of the biggest teams in there so if you beat Chelsea then there's no reason why you can't get on to win that so I can see why he's hopeful but if you just look at your squad from an outsider's point of view and you think these need like one game a week they need one game a week that's what they need yeah Going to be interesting. We will see how that all pans out. Time for the ads. Yeah. A big thanks to all our sponsors. Skips and bins. Telephone 0800 2545 Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website skipsandbins.com. Easy contract free and pay-as-you-go waste collection. Thanks again to Mr. Vicky Sources, handmade in Cumbria. If you'd like to order some, then give them a call on 01768 210 102. Go to the website, mr. or drop them an email info at mrvickies.co.uk. A big thanks to United Group Travel. They're a family firm based in Morpeth with pickups throughout the Northeast. No strangers on our tours, just people you haven't met yet. They've got a presence on Facebook and a website 
unitedgrouptravel.com. If you want to make a booking, give them a call on 01670 632 460 or mobiles 0791 666-4174-0795-71-41654. Thanks to Darren Baldwin Funerals, independent funeral directors. Let us look after you in your time of need. They're based on Old Durham Road in Gateshead, and you can contact them at their website, darrenbaldwinfunerals.co.uk. Email darren at darrenbaldwinfunerals.co.uk. Or give them a call, 0191-478-2730. A big thanks to Media Arts for all the help with the technical side of things. And a big thanks to New Workwear. You can find them at newworkwear.com. If you want to help the channel, hit the thumb up to subscribe. Hit the subscribe button and share to your other social media. You can also pay a one-off fee of £25 to get a scarf, a cup, a pen and a membership card. Go to the website, nufcmatters.com, and click membership. Or put your smartphone over this QR code. We also support the food bank on this channel. If you want to make some donations virtually, go to nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk and make a donation today. We're also a podcast on Spotify, iTunes, and other podcast providers. Just search NUFC Matters. I'm also a part of the Northeast Footy Brecky Show. You can listen to that Monday to Friday, 7 or 9 at thetooneuk.com. We've also got an event coming up next year. It's in January the 19th at the Tyneside Irish Centre. It's an evening with Nobby Solano. Tickets are available on Woucher for £20. Don't forget Supermac and Gibbo. Do every pre-match at Louis Liquor Store. It's free entry, children welcome, and there is great food by Fed's Fried Chicken. They're usually on pre-match and sometimes post-match at Louis Liquor Store. Okay, welcome back to NUFC Matters. Uh, here with Melly Barnes from uh, Talking Turf. I uh, just want to talk to you a little bit about Jason Cundy on TalkSport after the uh, Champions League exit. On Wednesday, he said that it's a failure and that Eddie Howe isn't the man to take Newcastle United to the next level. What's your thoughts on that, Melly? Well, Steve, you know my thoughts on that. It, you know, I've said it from the start. Is Like you've just said, you're awake. Um, trying to find a good light here, man. Um, you're awake now. Um, but... If he's want to go on to that next level, unfortunately, Eddie Howe is is he isn't experienced at that. Will he get experience? Will he um can he win something? Can he become like a great potentially? But will he be given that time now? I don't know, mate. I don't know actually, because your owners are quite good, aren't they? You know, like they're very, very supportive. Uh, they're very, very supportive of the fans, of the manager, of the players. The um, right. So, but I think he's right in what he's saying, mate. I think he is right what he's saying. He's um, Eddie Howe hasn't got the credentials to potentially take this 
to that next level. And I said that from the start. If you look at Manchester City, he's um, they went through quite a few successful managers as well. You know, like they won the Premier League, they um, were Mancini. Um, but still, in the end, you know, like they've ended up with Pep Guardiola, who's, you know, he, he, I always say, like, Pep's cherry picked his clubs, hadn't he? You know, like he said, Barcelona, Bayern, he said the best clubs from every. Um, from every uh, league, really. So he should be doing well with, with what he's got his, at his disposal. I would like to see Eddie succeed at Newcastle just because he's a nice kid. He seems like a nice lad, you know, like he's he interacts with our fans. And I think that's underrated nowadays. And people say, well, it's not about interacting with the fans. You know, I would rather see the team doing well. But I disagree with that massively because I think the gap between fan and club now is the biggest it's ever been. And ultimately, the club is nothing without the fans. So you need to interact with your fans and you need to feel like you're part of the club. Which, by by the way, I, you know, like me personally, I don't feel like I'm part of Manchester United. I think I'm just there to, to make the numbers up. And that's how I feel personally. But I'll go on because I love Manchester United. Um, But at Newcastle, it doesn't matter who you speak to, you know, like you're so loyal and so devoted that um that that's what Eddie brings as well, you know. And you've had managers in the past way and, and, and owners where you've probably fought disconnected from the club, you know. So I I'd like to personally see him do okay. Um and be given the chance to potentially succeed and become one of their managers because he's you know he's a nice guy. But he, as you know as well as I know that you don't even get anywhere being a nice guy nowadays. It's brutal and it's a, um, it's a money game now. So if he's not if he's not doing it, I mean, mate, even gone as far. I mean, he's while asking for ten hag out of a week. You know, like it was a question, and he's on paper he's doing better than what Eddie Howe is. Do you know what I mean? So come the end of December. If you lose, if you lose to Fulham, you're losing Chelsea. They're gonna start. I'm not bored. What you say? Your some of your fan base, the younger ones, they're gonna start asking for Eddie out. I've got to be honest, right? Um, I said this last night, uh, Wednesday night. Sorry, when when Newcastle were knocked out, you know there will be a, a ridiculous reaction, probably from from you know. Fans who haven't been there, done it, got the T-shirt. That's what that's what's going to happen. You know, some day trippers, uh, potentially fans who've just come along in the last couple of years. Uh, you know, maybe that will happen. Um, what I will say, and what I'll what I'll I'll say now is that Manchester United um, are and have been a more successful team than Newcastle United have been. Um, it's there. It's in the history books. You're judged on the trophies that you've won. Um, we've both got a fantastic history prior to the. Prior to the, the, you know, the 1950s, Newcastle were, you know, up there with the likes of Arsenal, Manchester United, etc. For getting the cup finals, we had a really good record. We could classify ourselves as a, as a, as a really big club then, uh, but we have been a sleeping giant. Um, the reason that Ten Hag, um, for me, is, you know, is probably more likely to get the sack this season or be moved on this season than Eddie Howe is because of that, because of your history. Your club expects a hell of a lot more and your owners will expect a hell of a lot more. And Manchester United crashing out of the Champions League and not getting any 
European football, not even being in Europa, is 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 catastrophic, especially with the way that your club's been run, with you know taking loans out on a regular basis, the amount of debt that you carry. Um, it's for me, I I and 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 I think, like I said right at the top of the program, all the negative headlines that are coming out of Manchester United, that's down to the that's down to what the owners. Uh, a lot of it's down to the, the the manager because he's fallen out with players left, right, and centre. Um, he, he's pulled a couple back in. He's pulled Maguire back in, who's now injured. He's pulled McTominay back in, who's now, you know, uh, you know, uh, on a regular basis putting in the performances. I think you said, you know, on this channel that he was capable of doing. You said he would be, a, you know, coming to Newcastle would be a good move for him, probably and for us. But that's why I think Newcastle fans think that, you know, especially on our platform, that probably Ten Hag's times get, you know, it's close to being up. And I think I think this game at the weekend, and let's move on to that, is is a pivotal moment in your season and his is his career as Manchester United manager because you go to Anfield this weekend and if you come away with an embarrassing performance and you get beat, I don't see how we can survive this week. Nah, mate, that's um yep in reality, you're probably right, but it's wrong on so many levels. Like, yeah, yeah. Eric Ten Hag's having to deal. If you can't on the um, top earners at Manchester United on Google, right, and have a look, you've got um, Casemiro on three hundred sixty-five grand a week. Then you've got Varane on three hundred thirty-five grand, and then you've got Rashford, Martial, Sancho, Bruno, all making collectively over two million quid a week. Right, um, Martial has had over a hundred million pound in wages off this club, and he's given us eighty nine goals for that hundred odd million that he's getting. Let not to mention all of his sponsors and stuff that he gets through Manchester United. Um, it's not good enough. I mean, like the likes of Andy Cole, that were doing that in a season, man. This man's done that over ten years. This is what Eric Ten Hag's dealing with. If you look at all the kids that Manchester United have coming through, who Eric is coaching and what he's renowned for, they're absolutely amazing, mate. Ganacho, Palestri, they got Argentina and Uruguay, respectively, and the perform and they're assisting and they're scoring. You've got Menu coming through, who's an absolute genius on the ball. He's so like he's so laid back. It's like it's nice to watch. Hannibal. And now he's aggressive and stuff, but he can play football. Hoyland, you know, like he's brought Hoyland in and there's a lot of pressure on this 20-year-old kid because we haven't got anybody else who will score. All them other six that I've just mentioned, Martial and Rashford, who should be scoring, who should be performing for that kind of money. That's his hands is tied. Like he wanted, he wanted Frankie de Young. You know, like he would have made an absolute, like blind indifference to Manchester United, like we had, we had Jude Bellingham in the car park at one point in the career, and, you, and the and the Glazers wouldn't buy him. You know, like we had Haaland for five million, they wouldn't buy him. You know, like they're making catastrophic mistakes, and it's always falling on the manager's head, and it, it cannot be allowed to continue. It's not fair. You need to, you personally, we need to stick with Eric Ten Hag. I'm expecting the plummeting this weekend, and if you ask ninety percent of United fans, they'll say the same. Nobody's expecting to go in there with the squad that we've got and the form that we're in to, to get anything from that game. And it's totally unfair that it's going to land on Eric Ten Hag's head. Like, Jaden Sancho, you give Jaden Sancho three months off 
three months off let's work that out three six nine twelve so that's 3.6 million that man was paid for three months as, as well as getting treatment to help him sort his head out and what does he do he comes back and he keeps being late for training you're getting 300 grand a week and you're late for bloody training people people working normal like everyday jobs they're late you know like two or three times off the road they're getting sacked mm. and, the, and these buggers are only making like eight seven eight hundred quid a week and then you've got these overpaid spoiled brats not turning up for training because he's he hasn't even got the sense to change his name on his playstation to something random he plays on the sancho at 10 till three o'clock in the morning mate like this is what he's dealing with he's you know like he had ronaldo when he got there upset in the dressing room he got rid of him thought he was big on the club he got rid of him when fergie did this he was a legend when eric ten hag's trying to do this he's, he's a nutcase that all that being said i disagree with um the substitutions that he makes like and in, in the lineup changes he came up in newcastle and he changed um hoyland and he put um he put martial up top straight away if you're eddie howe you've seen the documentary you know like he, he does his homework he's as soon as he's seen that lineup and he's seen anti martial he's went right look scrap what i just said we're gonna play out from the back because Hoyland isn't playing and allowing you to play out from the back give that livermento that bit space to start attacking my wings and you absolutely murdered it. that was the one on one decision made because if Hoyland is starting that game he's not going to be wanting to play out the back as much because he knows that there's going to be ultimate pressure from from the minute the keeper kicks the ball because he will not stop until you play that forward that's his game that's Hoyland's game but putting Martial there is a mannequin He's a mannequin and every manager in the Premier League knows it and they know how he plays. So he needs, he's trying to get rid of these players. Nobody wants them, man. Nobody wants them. Martial was on the market. He was sent him off to um, Sevilla. He couldn't get a game for Sevilla. He was, he was he's exactly the same there. They didn't, they didn't even want him for like a drop down price. Nobody wants them. The wages is far too much. This is where we've gone wrong. And this is where both us and yous could potentially learn something, bring the kids through. Like I was in the seats and I like, you know where I sit at uh, Manchester United, you know, like I'm I'm not far from like the directors and stuff, right? Yeah. And the, let's say that the prone sandwich brigade, right? But I'm not part of it. Um, and one of the guy was, one of the guys, like it was quite a few left. And uh, one of the fans had like walked down and he's probably what? 10, 15 meters away from Eric Ten Hag, and he's screaming at him. He's screaming at him, saying, Eric, play the kids, man. Play the kids. And that's what you've got to do. You can't do any worse. But these kids who have been brought up through Manchester United's youth system, they're united through and through. They'll come on and they'll give 100%. Granted, they might not have the experience and they might get caught out and they might get beat, but they're getting beat anyway. So just give them the chance. And that's what you have got to do. That's what you've got to do in this uh, month of December. You've got to, you've got to, um, you've got to bring some kids through from the youth academy. Give them that chance now because your current starting eleven, mate, is um, are struggling, and now's the time to give them that chance. I believe, anyway. Well, they've certainly given um, you know Lewis Miley a chance, and he's 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 stolen it with both fingers. Exactly. You know, both. That's hands, what you're so. getting. 
he's been superb. You know what I mean? He's he's done absolutely brilliantly, and you know he's now officially um, played more games in Europe than Sunderland. So there's an interesting. <laughs> There's an interesting stat. Um, yeah. just, just want to talk about Everton because I know you fly the flag for these um, uh, the, the blue side and Merseyside. Uh, the news coming out of the Premier League this week potentially was that they may well be, um, you know, going to drag this takeover on. Um, Newcastle, of course, victims of this uh, when, you know, the PIF were being uh, looked at and they were looking for separation between PIF and the Saudi country itself. Um, but there seems to be a huge delay on the potential takeover by 777 partners. And this could lead to massive problems for Everton because if they feel that the takeover is not going to go through, this could see 777 partners pull out, um, which in turn would mean that they would con uh, not continue to, to put money into the club, uh, which in turn could lead to administration and further points deductions. So not looking good for Everton, is it? No. No, it's not. It's um, but they're a proper like English club, aren't they, mate? Everton, you know, like you put them in the top ten of like always been there. So I would hate to see that happen. I would hate to see that happen. To be fair, like it's not, but you know, these things happen. You know, when money, when money's involved and anything, and doesn't matter what it is, day to day life, professional clubs, whatever. When money's involved, it's the root of all evil, mate. It's uh. It's, it's spoiling the game. It really is spoiling the game. It would be a devastating day for the uh, Premier League if, uh, if that happened to Everton. I wouldn't like to see that happen. Although, like, we do have good banter with them. Um, still, you don't want you don't want to see that day. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you know, for me, you know, the, the clubs need to be punished for for crimes they commit. And um, you know, if it's going to be if it's going to be Everton, then it needs to be you know other teams as well. If they've if they've breached you know any particular rule break, then they need to be punished. So, like we said on the previous shows, we'll wait and see what happens with uh, those other teams that have been accused, the likes of Chelsea and Manchester City. Um, you know whose cases don't seem uh, any near the forefront. We'll see what we'll see what happens with them. Um, just want to look at the top of the table. Liverpool currently top going into this weekend's fixtures. Of course, play Manchester United. Arsenal's a point off uh, in second place. Uh, Aston Villa, third place now, thirty-five points. Are they a title contender? Well, you've got to you've got to even you know, they're there on merit, so they're on luck. I mean, if you went off the first game of the season, you'd think they were going to be relegation material. But Alex Ferguson um, tipped it, didn't he? And nobody could believe him, that what he was saying, because he was had just hammered them 5-1. But he said, like, he couldn't believe the scoreline and he thinks that they'll do all right. And he's been proved right. He's um, he, they're, they're doing well. Unai Emery's got them playing well. And they're there on merit, mate. You know, like, you know they're playing football and they've just kind of, like, Quietly just gone about their business and are sitting there in third place, you know, and they deservedly beat Arsenal at the, um, at the weekend there or last weekend. It was, ah, you've got to fear them, haven't you? I mean, we've got them on Boxing Day, depending on how it goes in the next few games, you know, it'll be a tough game forward. And I don't think anybody wants to play them at the minute, so they've got to be, they've got to be up there. You, you always revert back to Leicester winning the Premier League, so it's possible, isn't it? And that's the best thing about the Premier League, mate. Like, it's like at the beginning of the season, I, I said, like, I've got a feeling this is going to be the best Premier League that there's ever been. Mm. And so far, mate, it's it's been like that. Anybody has beaten anybody. 
I mean, both me and you said we can't see Luton picking up any points. They've played like all the top teams in the last six weeks. And granted, they might only have one or two points out of it, but they've run them close like. Is the gap between the Championship and the Premiership getting wider? Because at the moment, Sheffield United, Burnley and Luton Town, um, you know, are, are holding holding those bottom three places. Uh, potentially, you know, in the Championship, um, we could see at least two of the three that went down come straight back up uh, because of the mm -hmm. current league standings. Is, is the gap becoming too big, do you think? It is, aye. It is. Mm. It's, it's massive, isn't it? And it's... it's... And it's there for everybody to see every every year. You know that you might get one every now and then that'll uh, surprise you. The likes of you know when Burnley came up and then they they did quite well. Um, but normally you can bank on the ones that come up going back down. You know it's like and and once you slip out the Premier League, you know it's hard to get back into it. You know unless you you know well Newcastle did it, yeah. um, but. It's it's not the easiest job. The championship, like I remember, I'm sure it was Harry Redknapp said, like he looks, you know, when he when the championship was kicking off the week before the Premier League, he would like if he was in the Premier League, he would like have a sigh of relief that he wasn't kicking off. He says because that championship is grueling. It's grueling, you know. It's like it's it's a it's a proper league, whereas our league now has become a flare league. It's ruled by VAR and stoppages, and you, if you, you know you're, you're probably playing. Well, I know they're adding time on now, but you know, like we're, we're everybody that's taking that time on throw-ins and goal kicks and stuff like that. If, in reality, if you actually added all that time on, you would probably be playing 120 minutes a game because it's at least 30 minutes of a game is wasted by either somebody like pretend to be a fairy or taking that time on a throw-in or a goal kick, it's become, it's it's it's, it's, a, it's a points game, but the points mean so much in money to the owners that people are scared to lose and referees are scared to get a decision wrong, so they're taking ages and ages in case they get it wrong and then they're up, you know, like they've got a case against them. But we've done that. We, you know, like we, the clubs have done that. We've become like a super league within the Premier League, haven't we? We're like, it, it's every decision is scrutinized you know like some of the handballs you've seen this season steve man back in the day like handball was you know like if you're defending somebody takes a shot and you're like you stick your hand out yeah to purposely like put your hand there to stop it give yourself an extra yard of your body nowadays like the ball's getting blasted off somebody's chest and it's falling on their hand and they're giving a felony it's mental man absolutely yeah. mental the game before that we love has been absolutely ruined and like there's no working there but it yeah. you know like do you watch this um, Scottish League or not occasionally mate occasionally yeah that's like what it used to be like back in the day for you know like yeah, the Premier League they are still like very fully committed that challenges the refs it's a good league to watch to be fair mate um, I know the standards pretty um, I know the standards pretty well, poor, yeah, it is, it is poor, but that, you know, they're not ruined by money. We are. Yeah. We are. Like, I was just saying the other day, Manchester United had all our success, mate, from back in the day from poaching clubs. You know, like we took Berbatov off Tottenham, we took Van Persie off Arsenal, Cole 
off use. If there was a good player in the Premier League back in the day, we would go in and we would get them because we had that power and we had the success through it because they were Premier League proven players. Now clubs are looking, you know, like they're seeing a bit flair in the World Cup or, or in the Liga or the Portuguese League and they think that it'll be all right in the Premier League and it's not. They're bring, coming over here and they're rolling about the ground and they're looking for free kicks rather than like... Anthony's a perfect example. I was watching him the other day. Um, those two defenders at left back, he's running down the right wing and for the first time all season, he tries to beat them, puts the ball through the middle of them and granted he is pulled, fouled, but he gans down for the foul. If he jumps through them, he's through on goal, but he doesn't. He gans down for the foul and everybody around us standing up and they're going, oh, where? And I thought, wow, like, what? can you not see that he was through on goal? Why are you applauding a man Wanting a foul, yeah. wanting a foul on the edge of the box, down for the goal, man. But it's not just him; it's the majority. It's about eighty percent of what we're watching at the minute are looking for this free kicks, penalties constantly. That probably tells get into that eighteen-yard box as quick as you can and just hide the ball off, and somebody will kick you and they'll give it because they will. If there's any kind of kick that isn't towards the ball or a push or a shove or whatever, they all step in and they'll give a penalty. Mm. It's gone, mate. The game, has, the game has gone, as far as I'm aware. You know, as far as I'm uh, concerned, it's, and it's changing rapidly. And in five years' time, we'll probably look back at this and go, well, we did, we said it, we said it then. It's, it's going to become like, the game's stopped every few, few minutes. That's what mm. it's coming to because it means so much. To the um to the money men, these points mean so much to them that that that's what the game is becoming, mate. Yeah, I would agree with you. Okay, uh, we're coming up to uh, the end of the show. Uh, Newcastle play Fulham this weekend. Uh, Liverpool uh, against Manchester United, of course, live on Sky on Sunday. Uh, predictions: The Melly. Uh, I'm going to go for a Newcastle win uh, by the two uh, two goals to to one. I think Fulham will score. But I think Newcastle have got more than enough to beat Fulham at home. Home form has been good this season, and I think that um, I think Newcastle will bounce back from three defeats to to record a two-one win. Um, I'm going to go for a Manchester United win as well. I think Manchester United will shock the critics at the weekend. I think Liverpool have have got a tendency to to go in with that little bit of overconfidence that probably stems from the manager. Um, and I'm going to go for a, a Manchester United three-one win. At the weekend, Jesus. Hey, I hope you're right. Like, but I think I'm. I'm thinking realistically, the best we can both hope for is a draw, because um, Fulham's obviously hit a bit of form. They hammered West Ham through the week five nil, um, so they're playing football at the minute. You know, they're fresh, um, and Newcastle isn't. So I don't know. It could be a stalemate that one for me. Um, like I said, best case scenario stalemate because. They've hit a bit of form and they are playing Fulham at the minute. So, uh, look, I'll go for nails each just so they're not uh, uh, upset the, the apple cart. <laughs> <laughs> and what about Manchester United? Well, Man United, United I, can't, I just can't see them getting anything, mate, to be honest with you. I think they'll be overpowered. Um, Liverpool again, you know, like they're sitting um, rosy in the league there. They've hit a little bit of form themselves. They're, uh, they're winning. United's losing, but it, like you say, it's typical of Manchester United to probably go and get a result. Um, and I would love to think that they did, but I just realistically kind of see it. 
And I just hope it's not stupid. I hope it's just 2-0 or something, you know, mate. But we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Melly, as always, great to have you on. Uh, Talking Turf is where you can find Melly on YouTube. He's building his channel, so please go and subscribe to it. Um, I've, uh, I've agreed to do a show, which you'll be able to catch on there. And uh, now uh, with a Sunderland fan. So uh, get yourself over there. Go and watch it. There is uh, content for everybody. But for now, Melly, good luck, mate. And uh, see yep. you soon. Take care. Thanks, Steve. Take care, mate. All the best, Steve.